Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Some call it an eyesore. Some call it art. Maybe it's a nuisance or an icon, but no matter what you call it, it's hard not to have some kind of reaction to Sutra Tower. Prominent San Francisco Chronicle columnist Herb Kane did not love it. He once wrote, I keep waiting for it to stalk down the hill and attack the Golden Gate Bridge. As far as TV towers go, Sutra Tower does look pretty weird. It's got three legs and this skinny middle that the architects call the waist. It was built up on a hill in the middle of a San Francisco neighborhood, not on top of a skyscraper like they are in most other big cities. The tower's quirks got Bay Curious listener Craig Rubens wondering. So I'd like to know what the story is behind how Sutro Tower was approved to be built so conspicuously. I can't imagine something like that getting approved today. I'm Olivia Allen Price, and this is Bay Curious. Today, Jessica Plachek digs into the origin story of this unusual landmark. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. The answer to Craig's question begins with this sound. That, my friends, is the sound of bad television reception. 
Back in the 1960s, reception depended on line of sight, from a transmitter to your antenna. So in hilly San Francisco, this was an issue. Local television stations wanted to solve the problem by building a really, really tall tower. ABC already had a short tower on Mount Sutro, so they came up with a design for a new one there. The first design looks something like a sleek, golden Seattle space needle with a restaurant at the top. That would have been awesome. People hated it. It is three-legged, located in a urban environment. There are a thousand homes located within what they call the fall zone of Sutro Tower. That's Christine Linenbach. Her family has been fighting the tower from the start. And it wasn't just her family. Other neighbors hated it, local students hated it, and over half the city's supervisors hated it. They said it would be unsafe, ruin property values, and destroy the skyline. But ABC really wanted it. Linenbach says ABC went so far as to threaten the neighbors to keep quiet. What the people were told was very simply this. Either you go away and you let us build our tower, or we'll make sure that the open space around Mount Sutro is torn down and all of the green belt is removed. Ultimately, the Planning Commission approved the project in 1966. But it would be another five years before construction would begin. And during that time, the design changed. Originally, it was going to be a golden hue. But aviation regulations of the time required alternating stripes of red and white. Yep, so planes don't crash into it. And the shape of the tower changed too. It became more skeletal looking. The Los Angeles architecture firm A.C. Martin designed it. Eric Dousman, general manager of Sutro Tower, says allegedly... They saw something, uh, another similar tower in Japan that uh, was smaller, but they liked that sort of design and thought it was unusual and wanted to, to bring that here. Dousman tells me the waist, or the tapering at the middle of the tower, was an aesthetic choice by the architect. And all the engineers since then want to shoot him because he it made it a more difficult structure to maintain, and it is a more difficult structure because of its design to keep perfectly upright and in great condition. Construction of the tower began in 1971, and it actually surprised a lot of people. That's because all the television stations involved had made a gentleman's agreement not to report on the tower. Some called it a media blackout. In their defense, stations said it was so nobody would have the jump on advertising the new tower. So when bulldozers started taking out trees, KQED reporter Tom DeVries went up to Mount Sutro to check out the construction site. So we started taking pictures, and a man came running, running toward us and saying, you can't film here, you can't film here, there's an agreement. Well, the story just got way better. KQED TV ran the story. It led to new efforts to stop the tower. None were successful. Okay, I think we're ready. We're going to have a big toast here to TV20, guys. This is a great, great event. First, we're going to go off the air as we turn off the old transmitter, and I'm going to sit here on this button, and the new one's going to come on. The tower started transmitting July 4th, 1973. But not before they made more changes. Architects discovered that the tower's antenna would sway in the wind. So engineers added girders and fiberglass cables to hold the antenna in place. Unfortunately, one of the byproducts was that uh, wind would rush through these newly created guide wires and the whole tower would 
sound like a, a moaning harp. The cables have since been redesigned, and it's not so loud today. And of course, people now have come to love the tower. It's iconic and integral to the city. It broadcasts more than just television. There's taxi dispatchers, I got a call from this number. emergency Looking responders, emergency? law enforcement, and radio. Now, Jessica, while you were reporting the story, you actually got to go someplace not many people get to go. Tell mm-hmm. us about it. I went to the very top of Sutro Tower. Oh, that's so awesome. How did you get up there anyway? Dave, the spokesperson for Sutro Tower, took me and um, our video guy, Adam. We took this tiny elevator, which is maybe two by three feet. And it's funny because you go up at an angle leaning towards the tower. And then at a certain point, once you hit the waist, it leans the other way. Oh, wow. And that must feel terrifying. It feels weird. (laughs) Dave stops the elevator and he opens the doors and you're just greeted with this amazing view. Mm -hmm. The city lays itself out beneath you and you can see the entire Bay Area. I also need to put this into context. This is the highest point in the city. So you're about 1,800 feet or so above sea level. It was really beautiful. Well, thanks, Jessica. I'm pretty jealous you got to do that. (laughs) School most people are. (laughs) Also, a special thanks to listener Craig Rubens for asking this week's question. We've got a video online from Jessica's trip to the top of Sutro Tower. It was pretty unreal up there. We'll link to it in our show notes, and you can also find it at baycurious.org. We're just a few days away from the end of our September voting round. Here's what's up for consideration. Which neighborhoods in the Bay Area are built on fill land? And what are those places doing to prevent earthquake dangers? What was it like when schools desegregated in San Francisco? Why does the Bay stink when you first drive onto the bridges? Visit baycurious.org and cast a vote for which question you'd like to know the answer to. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the Bay Curious newsletter. Our next send has lots of photos sent in by you for our My Bay Area Style Project. There are some fierce looks that you really don't want to miss. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Catch you next week. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. 
Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.